pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Connor Happer will be joining me this week. Josh Peterson on assignment as we take you around Creighton Athletics as the fall season is getting just underway. In fact, our first varsity competition in the regular season has already completed. We'll get details on that in just a moment. But coming up on this week's show, we're going to hear from head volleyball coach Kirsten Bernthal-Booth as the Creighton women found out where the prognosticators have them placed in this year's Big East Conference race. Perhaps a little surprising where they were picked. Also, we will hear from head coach Greg McDermott as the men's basketball team recently completed their trip to the Bahamas and some exhibition action over there to take Fred King back to his homeland. And we will find out how the Jays did, how they look, and now how this experience will get them ready for the upcoming winter season. But first, let's take you around the world of Creighton Athletics. As we mentioned, the first varsity competition, regular season competition, completed earlier this week as Thursday night in front of the third largest home crowd in Creighton women's soccer history. The Blue Jays and Nebraska played their first match against each other in almost two decades. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little longer to figure out who's better because both teams ended up in a 2-2 draw on Thursday night. The Jays actually fell behind twice and rallied both times after Nebraska's goals. The Jays were led by Matty Radke, who equalized the match in the 48th minute. And then in the final 10 minutes of the match, Hannah Luke tied the tied the game at two. Nebraska had some late runs, but Creighton was able to hold them off as Keenan Terrell played well in the net, making four saves on the evening for the Blue Jays. So the women's soccer team, 0-0-1 to start the season. They'll get a chance at a victory Sunday night. Back at Morrison Stadium, this time against the Missouri Tigers. Meanwhile, the men's soccer team is still in exhibition play. They dropped a friendly to Drake 1-0 on Wednesday night. The men were picked to win the Midwest Division as Giorgio Probo and Jackson Castro also earned all Big East preseason team honors. The Jays actually have one more exhibition match coming up over the weekend, and then their season will start on the road at Stanford next week. So the men's team still with one more exhibition to go before they get things started in 2023. Meantime, on the women's basketball front, the non-conference schedule was announced, and the Blue Jays will have one exhibition contest this season at Sokol Arena against UNK. That'll be on Monday night. October the 30th, 
Then they will take on North Dakota State in the Pentagon in a neutral site matchup to tip off the regular season. That will begin on Monday, November the 6th. The Jays will be hosting South Dakota on November the 10th, as well as Green Bay on November the 16th. This year's meeting, the annual matchup with Nebraska, will return to Lincoln and Pinnacle Bank Arena on Sunday, November the 19th. Then the Jays will make their third trip to Cancun, Mexico in the last 11 seasons. They've got Georgia Tech matching up on November the 23rd, Thanksgiving Day, as well as another Big Ten opponent. They will play on Black Friday against Michigan State. Then they're going to take nine days off and take on former Blue Jay Tanya Warren in Northern Iowa on Sunday, uh, Sunday, December the 3rd. And then the final two non-conference contests will mean uh, Creighton heads to Wyoming on December the 10th and Drake on December 17th. The final home non-conference game will be South Dakota State on December 21st. Coming up next, we're going to hear from head coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth as the Creighton volleyball team is just about ready to set serve on their next season of action. Meantime, Nora Sis was named the preseason Big East Player of the Year. And while they are the nine-time and defending league champion, Creighton picked to finish second this year in the preseason poll of Big East volleyball coaches. It's the third time over the last six years that Creighton has been picked not to finish in first place. But in those two years, the previous two years where they weren't picked first, Creighton went 35-1 and combined in Big East action those two years. So usually not a good sign for the prognosticators, in this, in this case the league coaches, anytime they pick against Creighton. Well, let's find out how the Jays are doing as they are preparing for this season. The season which will tip off, or actually first serve, we don't tip off in volleyball, that will be on... Uh, August the 25th against Loyola. That'll be the uh, the first regular season match. They do have an exhibition that's taking place over the weekend. The first home match for the Jays won't be until September the 1st, Friday, September the 1st, uh, when they host the Blue Jay Invitational, and they will take on Ball State, also LSU, and UNI are coming to Omaha as well. With more, with the head coach of Creighton Volleyball, let's turn things over to Connor Happer. Getting ready for, uh, Coach, I believe season number 21. Is that, How does that sound? Gosh, <laughs> makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> how, was, uh, how was the summer? Uh, you, you know, started off by the foreign trip, and now um, you're getting back into it. Blue-white scrimmage last week. Like, How's it been leading up to this point where it feels like the season is officially starting? Yeah, it was a great summer. I mean, definitely different than normal. You know, a lot of times in May, they're going home and resting. And this year they were, I mean, we brought in all of our five freshmen and one of our transfers. I mean, our incoming freshmen, some of them had graduation and the next day reported. So that's, I mean, hard, but, you know, I mean, it was a quick turnaround. And then, and then we gave them a little bit more rest in June, um, you know, so, cause we, you know, the balance with these foreign trips is, they're so wonderful, but you don't want them to peak in October because they're so fatigued. So, you know, a little rest then. And then everyone was back in July and, you know, doing camps and working out. And um, and then they get a week off before we started. We reported, I think, August 7th. 
Wow. Uh, so it's it kind of sneaks up on you. Uh, you know, you go through the summer and then all of a sudden it's it's here. You have the blue white scrimmage under the belt from from last week. Northern Colorado comes in this weekend. Um, what are what do you want the lessons to be from the exhibitions and sort of the the tune ups to get ready for the season? Yeah, you know, the blue-white scrimmage was four days into practice. Now, I mean, we did have the advantage of the foreign tour, but, um, you know, so many new things and yeah. so many up positions up for grabs. Um, so it's just great to kind of play in front of some people and see how people perform. Um, Northern Colorado will be great for us. You know, the exhibitions for volleyball only went in place, gosh, four or five years ago, maybe not even that long. Um, and I love getting a go-around with someone good on the other side. And Northern Colorado was a – NCAA team last year that lost to a final four team in four. So we're going to get a really good match on Saturday to kind of, you know, we don't have our lineup solidified yet. So, um, you know, to give people a chance to see how they play and move some things around. And typically, I mean, I don't know. I was talking to my assistant about this. I'm not sure we've ever gone with the lineup that we started with. For you know, at, at right. the exhibition, so there's still a lot of movement, and it's a great opportunity to kind of see how some people can handle the light. Well, I'd imagine you use the the first part while the games are are you know it's live bullets. Um, I imagine you use the first part of the regular season for for that as well. Even though, I mean, and I want to talk about this too. You, you guys are going to challenge yourselves as you always do in, in the non conference play as well. Like there's there's got to be that balance in the month of August and September of trying to figure out who you are, but also you got to win some games too. Yeah, I think we're a little unique in that that we these first four weeks are really really important. That it's not just figuring ourselves out. We need to win. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's different, in, and that you know, if you play a Big Ten team, they're going to be playing, you know, their league is is stronger than ours, so they're playing top twenty-five teams almost every weekend. You know, Marquette's uh, top, I think, twelve. Yep. You know, we're top twenty-five, but that's the only two teams in the Big East that are top twenty-five. So these, you know, being prepared early is really important to us. Um, but you're right. There's obviously going to be movement opportunities, both, in, you know, we always tell players the best opportunities to perform in practice consistently. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's why I mean, we we definitely are playing a really tough non-con and, you know, hoping we can knock off some teams. Um, you mentioned Marquette and, and, you know, that's a team that is that is rated, like you said, 12th in the in the preseason. Um, they're going to be vying for a Big East uh, crown this year. I believe they're they're picked first. Um, in the league, that's a little bit of a change. You have some company uh, up up at the top now. I guess bigger picture, when you look at the Big East, um, what do you see now compared to when you guys entered? You know, ten ten years ago. Well, it's it's consistently been as of now Marquette and Creighton. You know, Marquette's been the Sweet Sixteen the last two years. I mean, they they are you know a, yep. a great program. Um, and then, and then it's kind of is a little bit hit and miss, you know, uh, St. John's is typically all foreign. So they'll have, you know, some teams that are incredible, you know, they made, they won the Big East tournament a few years ago and, um, made the tournament. They were a, I think a sweet 16 team. Uh, it was a while ago, but you know, Jojo, uh, I think it's a brilliant method. You know, the Northeast doesn't have great volleyball, but who, you know, if you're from, Europe and get a chance to say, do you want to come live in New York City? I think you right. know, a lot of those kids are excited to do it. So that's kind of, you know, so you just never know each year which kid's going to come in and, and dominate things for St. John's. 
Um, Xavier was a really good team last year, and they return almost everyone, so they're really formidable. Um, Villanova kind of pops in, you know, every few years will kind of get it together, and they'll have a really good year. So there's a lot of movement from that 3 to 10 range, or I would say probably 3 to 8. UConn has been really good, so we'll see who kind of emerges this year. Uh, as far as your team is concerned, so it's you know it's a preseason top twenty-five team again. It's you, you return five starters uh, from a team that only lost five matches all season last year. You know, eleven of seventeen letter winners. Do, do you do you talk about expectations? Just I mean, uh, obviously the standard for your program is is really really high, um, and everybody inside of it knows that. But I, I guess what do you talk about specifically with this group as far as what needs to be accomplished this year? You know, we spend a lot of time not taking things for granted. You know, making the NCAA tournament is assumed by our fans, but you can never assume that you're going to make an NCAA tournament. And so then we spend time talking about those goals, but then how do we get there? You know, it's easy to say, I want to make a deep run in the tournament. I want to win the Big East. But really it comes down to what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to give yourself an opportunity to try to achieve those goals. So, you know, that can be practice consistency. That can be attitude that can be role acceptance that can be getting enough sleep each night that can be making sure you manage your classes so we really try to lock into the nuts and bolts of how do you um how do you do these things rather than just saying this is what we want to achieve what do you like uh about from this team from like a leadership standpoint early like is there anything that stands out to you early on with with this group obviously you know you haven't yeah, the the live bullets haven't hit quite yet, but I, I guess what do you like about this group early on, just about the way it feels? Well, they just really like each other, um, which I think is really important when crisis hits, you know, or yeah. you're struggling in a match that they can trust each other. I think we've got really great servant leadership at the top. So our seniors are doing all that they can to, you know, make welcome the underclassmen, welcome the new players. Uh, lead by example, and I think those are the best teams, are the ones that, you know, it's not a senior chirping at a younger kid to go grab that bag. It's, hey, I'll grab the bag, you know. And Mm -hmm. I know those seem like little things, but, um, sorry, you know, it just creates the culture that you want and the culture that you want at endgame. What were you trying to do with the schedule? I mean, you mentioned you got to win some win some games and, and, and get that number up for the postseason, the RPI number. Um, what were you trying to you know, get done with the non-conference schedule that you put together, which once again looks pretty challenging? Yeah, you know, I spend a lot of time on scheduling uh, and so that each match has value is kind of what we're going for. So, you know, if, if we're committing to go to play at Minnesota, for instance, which we're going there this year, you know, before we'll commit, we want to know who else is going to be there. And, you know, in this case, it's High Point, who's picked to win the Big South, who's probably going to be a top 50 RPI team. So every match has purpose. And honestly, we could lose every match we play. I mean, every team we're playing is really good. We open with Loyola Chicago. Well, they won the A-10 last year and um, return almost everybody, and they look really, really good. So, you know, you you want to be ready to go for these matches, and then you want to root for these teams the rest of the time. So, you know, it's it's not just uh, trying to pick one team to play when you go to a tournament. You're trying to make sure you're playing good teams across the board. Uh, I want to highlight a couple of players here before we before we get you out of here. You you can't really go much further than than Norris Sis to start off with. 
Um, what have you seen from her, whether it's, you know, uh, from a leadership standpoint in the offseason? Obviously, I think you, you, you like the group in general, but, you know, Nora's got a lot of accolades now um, behind her name. What do you what do you need from her um, as you as you start off this season? You know, Nora is just such a humble leader, you know, and I think some people can see that. Uh, I mean, I always say, like, the thing with Nora, Nora is she's always playing with a smile. She may love the game more than any kid that I've ever coached, but she's fiercely competitive. Um, so, you know, being me, I think sometimes we equate being mean and nasty with competitiveness, and Nora flips that. Like, she's happy and she's that she wants to win. And she's going to, she's going to do that by working harder than everyone in the gym. Like that's going to be the tone that she's going to try to set by example. And, and actually a lot of our top players kind of have that feel like they're never going to ask a teammate to do something that they wouldn't do. Um, but the good thing with some of this USA stuff that she's had tons of success, you know, she won a gold medal um, for the U21 team and it was a starting outside for them is I think, I mean, Nora would net, she'd be mortified for me to say this, but I think she's realized she's good. And she would never say it, nor would she, I mean, if I say it to her, she doesn't like it, but she needs to, you know, I think at the beginning it was like, okay, am I good? You know? And I think now she's like, okay, I'm good. What am I going to do with my talent? What are my goals and how do I help this team be great? Which, um, you know, is great to see, but she's, uh, you know, she's definitely a lead by example. How can I, how can I make my teammates better and, and, you know, demonstrate, what we need to do on and off the court to be great. And that could be a pretty uh, a, a pretty dangerous thing, right? <laughs> when, when you're talking about under, somebody understand somebody as talented as her understanding yeah. finally how good she is that that can change the game pretty quickly. All right, Coach Will, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. And uh, once again, can't wait to get this thing started. Northern Colorado this weekend, and then you start in West Lafayette against Loyola, Chicago, Purdue, and Duke the weekend after that. Coach, appreciate the time as always. We'll see you soon. Well, thank you so much. We're excited, too. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. First week of August, the Creighton men's basketball team went to the Bahamas to work on their skills for the 
upcoming season. Of course, many high expectations expected for the Jays. Certainly some top 20, if not top 15, maybe even top 10 preseason rankings. It would be very interesting to see where they are picked in what is expected to be a very loaded, very loaded Big East Conference. But the Jays uh, got three games in in the Bahamas, defeating the Raw Talent Elite Squad from the Bahamas, 108-55 to in the opener. They defeated a team from Lithuania in their most contested game of the tournament, 76-62, to and then closing out with a victory over the Club Obras team out of Argentina, 111-89. to So the Jays averaged nearly 100 points over the three games. Trey Alexander only played two of the games. He actually had headed back to the States before the third exhibition. He was participating in an NBA elite camp. Uh, so Alexander played two games, averaged 20 points. Ryan Kalkbrenner averaged 11 points in uh, three games of play. And Baylor Shireman and Frederick King making the return to his home island each averaged in double figures. The other thing that stands out is how well the Jays rebounded over the three games. They out-rebounded their competition by plus 21 on average in three games. So pretty impressive numbers put up by the Jays. Certainly they were expected to do quite well on that front. They shot 46% from the field, 36% from three. Stephen Ashworth, of course, making his debut for the Jays as uh, Creighton replacing Ryan Nemhard at point guard. Though this year it's going to be interesting because Ashworth... He's not necessarily going to be a one-to-one replacement for Ryan Nemhart, as we're about to hear from head coach Greg McDermott. Certainly, Trey Alexander spent a lot of time, especially in the second exhibition game, running things from the point. So it's really going to be kind of a two-headed approach at times to the point guard position. At least that's the way it looks early on in this season. One of the surprising stars, at least to some, but certainly not to Coach Mack and the staff, was Mason Miller. Miller had a really good tournament. He shot 500 from three, uh, 50%, six out of 12, and averaged nine points a game and five rebounds. He is certainly one of the Jays to watch for this season, as certainly he will have an opportunity to crack the starting five as the season will tip off later this year. Let's hear now from head coach Greg McDermott. I had a chance to sit down with him earlier this week and get a recap of what he saw from the Bahamas and the benefits that this team has in having those extra practices, getting uh, all these new faces acclimated to the squad. Here is head coach Greg McDermott. Yeah, how tan are you exactly? We were trying to compare because apparently that's the in thing with all the coaches around these parts is getting very tan. I'm more tan than you, John. (laughs) Okay, okay. That's a a low bar to clear. (laughs) Yeah, you uh, you know, we we had a lot of downtime over there, and, and, uh, you know, the guys got to spend a lot of time in the water park and the beach, and and, uh, that that was part of the the goal of the trip was for those guys to spend a lot of time together. So, Obviously, us as coaches have to supervise a little bit, so we got to go do. We get to join him once in a while. Yeah, but, uh, supervise. It was, it was all, all, in all, a really good trip. Well, you have been on other overseas summer trips before. How can can you compare this one to the others in terms of the practice time and for the ability for this squad to get a head start on the year? You know, I, I think regardless of where you go, the practice and in a lot of ways is the most valuable part from the basketball standpoint. Um, you know, the games are what the games are. You're going to play a lot of guys. You hope nobody gets hurt. 
and you know the competition sometimes you know some of the places you go it's a little better than others um, but um, you know I, I think this group really benefited um, you know especially you know Stephen Ashworth being new and and you know Jonathan Lawson Isaac Trout the freshman um, you know that that's really valuable for them to have those ten practices and then go out and be able to make some mistakes in a game and and not have it matter. Um, the Bahamas is a little different because you know you go to Australia or Italy, which has been our last two. Obviously, you're on a lot of sightseeing tours and uh, there's a lot of history that goes with that. We just decided to do something a little bit different this time and uh, make the travel a little shorter. And you know, to be honest, we're going back. So for those of us that will still be around there, then, you know, just having a lay of the land and, and playing in that ballroom, I think, um, and understanding kind of, kind of how everything works, I think will give us a leg up a year from November. Are you confident, Mac, that you're at or close to a good starting spot, given the newcomers to the roster, even though there's a lot of returning guys back, the newcomers where a lot of that installation and the verbiage and all of that, do you think you're close or close to or at a level that you feel comfortable at a starting point when you reconvene in September? Yeah, you know, I think we're ahead, John, simply because, uh, you know, there's there's a, you know, for, for the new guys, whether they're transfers or freshmen, you know, the, the terminology oftentimes is a little bit different. And some positioning defensively, some things we do offensively is probably different than where they came from um, or, or their high school team. So just having 10 practices to get acclimated to all that where you don't have to think about every certain thing uh, is really going to help us, I think, uh, when we start on September 28th. And we'll get some individual skill work and some team stuff that we'll do between now and then. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, you're always ahead, uh, you know, when you can take one of these summer tours. And, you know, I think it's going to allow the progression of some of the new guys to maybe go a little bit quicker uh, because we do have some game film that we're able to show them and make some corrections based on what took place in the bombs. Greg McDermott joining us here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Some were wondering, Mac, if Mason Miller was ready to take the jump based on the games you saw in the Bahamas and the practices you got from the coach's eye. Does it appear that he has taken that jump? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I was really pleased with Mason. He was he was really making good progress, and then he uh, he broke his nose in practice, uh, and then ended up missing. I think he missed three or four of our practices. So um, you know we didn't have him the entire time. But when he came back, I I thought he was able to kind of pick up where he left off and had some good games in the Bahamas with his activity on the glass and defensively. And you know then he's you know he's making shots, which we're going to need Mason to do. So. Uh, you know, I, it's his third year. I think he's, uh, I think he's paid his dues and paid the price. And now it's time to reap some of the benefits. And you know, like most guys in his situation now, is can you can can you do it consistently, night in and night out? And you know, I think we'll see Mason grow in that area as the season progresses. It's still early, but now that you've had a chance to see Stephen Ashworth up close, is is he what you thought he would be in your system? Yeah, he's been great, and it's you know it's taken him a little time to learn it. You know, we're our pace is probably a little faster than what he was accustomed to. Um, the spacing's maybe a little bit different, and maybe the skill set of some of the guys around him is a little different. 
you know, especially Kalkbrenner and what, what he can do and what you need to look for and uh, the reads you need to make to make sure we take full advantage of him. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't shoot the ball great uh, in the Bahamas, but that's not something I'm really concerned about. I, I think he'll uh, – he does a good job of running that team. He, he moves the ball in transition, gets it up the floor uh, when, when that presents itself. Um, and, you know, while he may not be as electric at finishing in the paint as, as R2 was at times, um, you know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, he's, he hits a lot of singles, which is good. And, uh, uh, you know, defensively, I think he's really good off the ball and he, and he fights on the ball. Um, so, I, you know, I think he's going to be a great fit. What did you see in the times that both Trey and Steven were on the floor together, given, you know, whichever one was running the point at that time, versus when, you know, maybe Trey is out there working with the reserves and Steven's on the bench, just trying to keep some consistency through lineups? What, what kind of things have you noticed so far? Yeah, you know, the, the thing I was concerned about is, you know, both of them obviously are good with the ball in their hands, but they're both also very capable of playing without the ball. Uh, and it, fortunately for me, it kind of just has worked organically. Like, I don't have to say much. Uh, they kind of just take turns when they're on the floor together. Uh, and some of the set plays we did, we ran very few over there. But when we did, we'd, we'd move the pieces around a little bit. Uh, so sometimes Steven had the ball, sometimes Trey had the ball. And, you know, I thought it worked really, really well. And, you know, Trey was fine when, when Steven was off the floor, which I knew he would be. And, you know, Josiah did some good things, too, when, when he was at the point uh, playing with different lineups. So, you know, we've got some flexibility there, some different guys that can do it. Uh, but, you know, certainly having Steven and, and Trey out there together, you know, certainly gives us a lot of versatility in that lineup. How much can it help a guy like Josiah Dotzler, who, you know, many, in many cases, freshmen will sit out there first year a, a lot. But having this added experience, do you think that gives him a jump start, at least in the ability to play some this season, if that is the decision? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll make those decisions when the time comes. But, you know, Josiah's done some really good things. And, you know, defensively, he's probably a little farther ahead than um, I thought he would be. Uh, so he's got a, you know, I think he really fights on that end and understands, uh, you know, how to compete and where to be on the floor. And, you know, the, he gets to guard guys like Steven and Trey and Baylor every day, which, and those guys are guarding him. So that you, you're, you're going to get better if you're in that situation competing against those guys every single day. And, you know, I think Sterling and Trey have certainly benefited from that. Jonathan Lawson falls into that category again as well. Uh, when you're playing against those guys every day, either you, you figure it out or you get your teeth kicked in a lot. And as time has gone on, those guys have all grown and gotten better. Greg McDermott joining us here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. You know, in all the excitement of adding Steven, adding Isaac Trout, there was also Jonathan Lawson's arrival in the offseason. How do you see him slotting in based on what you've seen so far? You know, he really did some good things uh, in the Bahamas. You know, ran the floor, made some shots. Uh, you know, he's 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 behind. Uh, you know, like all transfers are a little bit. It just takes him some time, and I think he's. Uh, it, it's been a struggle for him to adjust to the pace with which we play uh, because it was very different than what Memphis does. Uh, but he's getting better at that every single day. And you know, my hope is you know he can develop into a trade type Alexander on the defensive end of the floor because he's, 
you know, he's 6'5", 6'6". He's got a 7'1 wingspan. He can cover a lot of ground. Um, it's just being able to do that and compete when you're really tired because you're running up and down all the time. So he, he's made some good strides, and, uh, you know, I think he's I think he can be a weapon off the bench for us this season. Obviously, Mac, this was a big trip for Fred. You know, this is, you know, his home, and, and he wanted to get home and, and, and play in front of family and friends, but it's obviously a big year for him as well. And we saw the kind of jump that – Ryan Kalkbrenner was able to take from first year to second year. Seeing what you've seen so far out of Fred, is he ready? Maybe not for a similar jump, but at least something approaching that. Yeah, I think he's. I think Fred has improved, and it, you know, it was was really fun to you know see the. He started smiling when he got off the plane, and I don't think quit smiling the whole time we were there. <laughs> uh, and you know that goes for his family that was able to be there the whole time as well. And spend time with him and get to kind of know some of the other uh, pieces of the Creighton family, some of the other parents. I think that was uh, really invaluable um, for Fred and his family to have, have that take place. But Fred's gotten better. Uh, there's no question. You know, the, the difference is when, you know, Colt needed to make a jump that sophomore year, Christian Bishop was gone. Uh, so, you know, he was able to play through more mistakes, uh, able to get some learning because he was on the floor a lot. Um, you know, Colt's still out there, and but I, I think I think Fred can give us uh, make more of an impact than he did last year, and he certainly made an impact at times. Uh, simply because I think he just has a better understanding of uh, you know where to be, and you know he had he had some foul trouble over there again, and we got to work on that because uh, I, I joke with him all the time about him fouling too much in practice. I said we're we're in the Bahamas with your refs, and you're still in foul trouble. So, <laughs> So maybe you need to pay a little bit more attention to play without fouling. So he's made good strides, and um, you know we're we're certainly excited to have him and look forward to what his second season is going to be. Well, everyone's back in school now and uh, and getting you know getting their whole class schedule ready. And and for you, I, I guess for you and the and the staff, is this at least a little bit of downtime before things ramp up again in September? Yeah, it's, you know school started yesterday, so or. Uh, Tuesday, I guess. Uh, my days are mixed up. So, you know, we had team meetings and the guys are getting acclimated to, you know, the new guys' school on a full-time basis. Um, but, you know, we didn't do anything in the gym with them this week. We're going to do limited things next week um, and then really get started with our skill work and everything that goes with that the week after. So uh, we can catch a breath a little bit, but, you know, recruiting ramps up again on September 9th. So, you know, those uh, – you know, recruiting conversations and, and planning, um, you know, that's always ongoing. Um, and then, you know, obviously we've, we've got a new staff member that we need to get acclimated to what we're doing. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's ongoing as well. But it's been, a, it's been a busy summer, and as a result, it went really, really fast. And, you know, it's hard to believe a little over a month we're, we're, we're going to start practice. But, you know, we're certainly looking forward to that. All right, Max, safe travels wherever you're headed, and uh, we will catch up with you down the road. We appreciate the time this yeah. afternoon. Yeah, you know, over to God's country for a couple of days to see my dad, John. So, you know, Eastern Iowa, a little closer to Go Cubs Go. You know, it's been a pretty good run here. It has been a good run. 
So hopefully we can uh, we can finish it off. As we wrap things up this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast, let's take a look at the schedule for the upcoming week. Again, uh, volleyball's got an exhibition match on Saturday. Their regular season will begin next week. Meantime, it will be the men's soccer team playing in a friendly against Missouri State. That'll be their last exhibition before their regular season kicks off later this week. On Sunday, the women's soccer team will try for their first win on the season after the 2-2 tie with Nebraska. They will host Missouri in a match over at Morrison Stadium at 6 o'clock. Then they will go on the road, will the women's soccer team, and play at St. Louis. That'll be on August 24th at 5 p.m. Also, August 24th, men's soccer kicks off the regular season at Stanford. Volleyball will take on Loyola of Chicago in their lid lifter on August the 25th. And they will take on the first of several Big Ten opponents they expect to see in the non-conference as they will be taking on Purdue, number 16 Purdue, next Saturday. That will be at 2.30 in the afternoon. And that is a look at the Creighton schedule for this week. Coming up next week, more on the men's and women's soccer teams. Volleyball will have started their season, so we'll have plenty to discuss on the 1620 The Jays podcast. For Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, who will be returning with us next week, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.